Hello and welcome into episode 64 of the Just Talk Pod with George Arjour. Today we are live on Twitter as always at Georgeur and at Just Talk Pods. So check that out if you want to get your comments read live. Instead of calling in, you just put in a comment and we are taking in comments. Today we talk about unwritten rules in sports. Are they dumb? We get some bubble thoughts. NBA bubble playoffs, of course, and the top 10 storylines heading into football season. That includes college football and the NFL. You don't want to miss out. Also, as I said, this is going to be Monday and Thursday live at 2 p.m. Also, me and my brother Sammy are going to be going live Monday, Tuesday, oh, sorry, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 11 o'clock a.m. with the That Being Said podcast with George and Sammy Jarjour. You don't want to miss that. No, really, you don't want to miss that. Subscribe to it as well. This episode's all is brought to you by thesportsontap.com. Check it out. A lot of fun stuff there. And as always, before we get started with this episode, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. All right, and welcome into today's podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, this was live on Twitter at Georgeur and at Just Talk Pod. We're gonna be going live, as I said, Monday through Thursday, usually at two o'clock Pacific Standard Time, which is five o'clock Eastern. But it really just depends. Like today, the Rockets and Thunder were playing. I decided to come in right after the Rockets and Thunder game instead of earlier on. So this is like a little intro. Um, like I said. Tune in live. I'll answer all questions live on the podcast, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to start trying to get some more interviews going next week, get this really rolling. Thank you so much for listening, and as we're just putting this all over Twitter, we'll be able to start the podcast, so bear with me, and let's begin. So today's podcast is going to explore a couple different topics. We're going to talk about the unwritten rules and the hypocrisy of uh, unwritten rules in sports. This is due to the Fernando Tatis story hitting a home run on a 3-0 pitch. If yeah, if you don't know the story, you probably don't watch sports, so you probably don't listen to this podcast. I'm gonna give you my bubble thoughts. Um, we just saw the Rockets and the Thunder play, and despite James Harden not playing a good game, the Rockets still won, which has to be a huge concern for the Oklahoma City Thunder, especially without Russell Westbrook. And then I'm going to quickly, it's only going to be a 30-minute podcast, give you my top 10 storylines heading into the NFL and college football season. Most of them has to do with the NFL more than college football, but we will have some college football in there as well. So make sure you tune into that uh, or listen to that on the podcast. And as always, this episode is brought to you by the Sports on Tap. All right, so let's get started. First of all, I do want to address what happened with Fernando Tatis of the San Diego Padres hitting a 3-0 pitch for a grand slam to make the game a blowout. Now, a lot of people are were not happy about him doing this baseball as always freaked out because he was breaking an unwritten rule and i'm just tired of the hypocrisy of baseball i'm tired of baseball always being concerned about the wrong thing i'm tired of baseball always punishing players who do exciting things i'm tired of baseball having unwritten rules and in general i think in sports unwritten rules are garbage 
It seems like the only time an unwritten rule is broken in sports is when the other team is getting their ass kicked. And that's what happened with the Fernando Tatis situation. I don't think we have a place anymore in sports for unwritten rules. You don't want unwritten rules to be broken. Don't get your ass kicked. You don't want other teams to get up uh, to show you up or run up the score. Don't lose. Don't let them hit a home run. You, you're giving a guy who's been on an absolute tear a 3-0 pitch and piping a fastball right down the middle, and he's supposed to just look at the fastball and let it be a strike and walk away. No, he's going to hit a bomb to center field and round the bases and celebrate. That's what makes sports exciting. That's what makes sports fun. That's what makes sports worth it. A basketball team makes a dunk up 20 points, uh, and he looks at the bench and shows them up. Should you flagrant foul them? No. Play better defense. I'm tired of unwritten rules in sports. And I think that's a a big thing in sports. Now, there's also football. There's some unwritten rules. You don't want to hurt a guy. You don't want to do anything like that um, in, in football, right? Like if, if it comes to sports and safety, I agree that unwritten rules are needed. But when it's just kind of a little bit of showboating, a little bit of fun, hitting a three, I think it was a couple of years ago, Texas Tech University, I believe, not Texas. Um, yeah, the Raiders, the ones who were in the Final Four last year of Chris Beard. Chris Beard ripped a practice squad player, the 12th man off his bench for hitting a, a three, I believe, or dunking the ball and celebrating. It was his first points of the season. The guy played like three minutes of the whole season, and you put him in at the end of a game. He's just supposed to hold the ball and let the clock run out. No, he'll make a three. He'll dunk the ball. Let these players play. Let sports be fun. Let's let's have some fun with it. The unwritten rule thing in baseball is it's kind of too much. Now, I guess as a society, if we really want to look at it, there are a lot of, a lot of unwritten rules. I mean, it's not a rule that you can't cheat on your wife. It's an unwritten rule. Probably should follow that. So I, I we got a comment from JW Got Game. And he says, says, true, and it varies from sports, in my opinion. Um, and he says it's not an unwritten rule that you don't have to cheat on your wife. Is it a rule is it, or is it just an unwritten rule? I think it's an unwritten rule. I don't know if there's like a law prohibiting like cheating, but you shouldn't do it. So there are certain situations in society where you should follow unwritten rules. There's no rule that I have to be a nice person, but I follow it. It's an unwritten rule. Do good to people. Be nice. Hold the door if someone's walking. Unwritten rules. It's okay to follow it in, in society. I just don't think we need to follow unwritten rules in in sports. I, I, I find it an absolute waste of time that we're spending this much time. Fernando Tatis, you, instead of giving him a 3-0 fastball, throw him a 3-0 breaking ball if you're worried about him breaking the rules. So I think we should be done with unwritten rules in baseball, especially now there. I'm sure someone will come to me and say, hey, how about this rule? Like I said, there's always exceptions to the rule just because one rule doesn't fit in every situation. Um, there's an exception to every rule. Not every single person who stands on a uh, you should never stand on a train track. I'm sure someone stood on a train track before and lived. You probably shouldn't do it. Unwritten rules for everything and some things and exceptions in life you got to follow. Now, that's all I got about unwritten rules. So, JW Got Game had a great question. So, you're cool shooting within three seconds in basketball if you're up 25, or is this just for baseball? No, I'm totally cool shooting with three seconds left in basketball if you're up 25. 
I don't I, look both of them. That's a great question, by the way. I think in baseball, it's disrespectful to break an unwritten rule. In basketball, you're up 25 and you shoot a three and make it up 28. It's also disrespectful. But I'm not against it. I don't think you have to always follow 100% being a good sport and we don't run up the score. You know who run, ran up the score a lot? Pete Carroll at USC. Jim Harbaugh got mad at him and, and then beat him in Stanford. Rivalry is good. It's going to piss off teams. Absolutely. If you are the Dallas Mavericks and you're up 25 against the Clippers and you hit a three in the corner, make it 28 at the buzzer, the Clippers are going to be pissed and they're going to come after you next game hard and try to kick your ass. I love it. Give me some rivalry. Give me some fun. Give me some, give me some pizzazz, man. So no, I'm totally cool with it. You're up with three seconds in basketball. Or you're up by six runs in baseball and you swing at a 3-0 pitch and you shoot, you hit a bomb to center field, go right for it. Unri We're wasting too much time for with unwritten rules. And uh, JW Gagan says, I see what you're saying. It builds for the enticement of the next meeting. And that's kind of how I feel too. It adds some rivalry. This is sports. It is, it is a game at the end of the day. Now, there's probably unwritten rules in war. I think we should follow unwritten rules in war. Let's not kill innocent children or innocent women or anything like that. There's, I'm not saying there's no room for unwritten rules in society. I'm saying there's un, there's no more room for unwritten rules in sports to a degree, right? Like I'm not asking for teams to be up 35 points and keep in their starters and, and run up the score because there is a thing called karma in life. And uh, I think when Derek Rose was uh, – they were up 12 with a minute left of the game and he was trying to, and the Bulls kept him in. They probably should have taken him out of the game instead of trying to win by 13 in the playoffs when he tore his ACL, which is still my one of my biggest what ifs in sports. I, I, I don't know where Derrick Rose, I mean, this is kind of a off topic thing, but I don't know where Derrick Rose would have went. I think Derrick Rose was fantastic. I don't mean uh, my my co-host on the That Being Said podcast, Sammy Jarjour, argue about this all the time. He doesn't think he thinks Derrick Rose was overrated. I think Derrick Rose was fantastic. It's probably somewhere in the ring, somewhere in the middle. I think he would have got a ring with the Chicago Bulls. I think the Miami Heat versus uh, Chicago Bulls rivalry would have made up for a much better Eastern Conference final every year than the Indiana Pacers versus the Miami Heat. It would have made LeBron's career more interesting. He would have had a little bit tougher competition going out of the East. I just think it would have been a lot more fun. And JW got games that you think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's borderline Hall of Famer. I mean, if he gets into the Hall of Fame, I think it would be, I think it'd be like Mitch Richmond's in the Hall of Fame. I think if you want to bring it down to would I rather have Mitch Richmond's career or Jill, um, Derek Rose's career? I probably would choose Derrick Rose's career. I know with the injuries and all that, and Mitch Richmond probably has a higher point per game average in his career. I could be wrong about that. But Mitch Richmond's in the Hall of Fame. Derrick Rose has had a pretty good last few years. He's getting buckets. He's playing good. And he has a is an MVP award. And he made a big impact on the league. I think if you want to go look back at the historical value of the NBA and say, hey, who had a more historical value? Um to the impact of the league in full, Derrick Rose or Mitch Richmond. And I feel like I'm harping badly on Mitch Richmond. Mitch, Mitch Richmond was a good basketball player. But uh, then you'd say, yeah, I think that uh, Derrick Rose, who, as JW got game pointed out, is the youngest MVP in history of the league. 
should get in. Grant Hill's in the Hall of Fame, right? Grant Hill battled injuries. I don't. Grant Hill never won an MVP. If I think Grant Hill, Derrick Rose are kind of lumped into the same category. Two guys, if they never got injured, I don't know what would have happened to them. I don't know what kind of careers they would have gotten, and I don't know if that means they would have been NBA champions, seven, eight-time All-NBA. I mean, it's a travesty that Derrick Rose, we never got to see it, um, see him really take off. I mean, I think Derrick Rose, I, I can't believe I'm on this Derrick Rose conversation for so long, but to talk about Derrick Rose for a second, I think Derrick Rose's floor, not ceiling, floor was Russell Westbrook, MVP. Um, he's not the triple double type of guy, but he could be, you know, put up really big stats. That's his like worst case scenario is being as good as Russell Westbrook, who is definitely an, uh, hall of famer in himself. I mean, a lot of times I give a lot of these guys flack, right? I give James Harden flack. I give, um, Russell Westbrook flack. I think those are the two guys that give the most flack to in the league. I'm trying to think if there's anyone I, I gave Donovan Mitchell flack the other day and JW got game said yes you do and i do i do i give these guys flack doesn't mean i don't think they're fantastic basketball players and first ballot hall of famers they're still great i just hold, there's certain people i hold to a higher level right like i think james harden has the talent james harden has the ability in james how to, to win nba championships and to get the job done in the playoffs and he hasn't done that so far in his career and he might do it this year and shut me the hell up We'll find out. Let's get on to the next subject. I want to um, talk a little bit about the bubble. I'll be checking comments between each and every subject. So if you're listening to this on the podcast and not live, the way I usually do this, even if you're listening live, is I'll go through one of my um, my topics. And then at the end of a topic, I will either go through a bunch of tweets that I have saved up or I will go through all the comments on my Periscope and soon on Facebook as well. We'll be adding that to the stream and maybe Twitch down the line as well. All right. So bubble thoughts um, quickly. The bubble has been fantastic. One thing I talked about on the last podcast, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it on this podcast because I already spent so much time on it on the last podcast is the whole point of no home court advantage. I think it's super unfair that we have no home court here in the bubble, and I don't know a way to fix it. The only way I would fix it is adding two points at the beginning of a game for who's supposed to be the home team. But would that really fix anything? Probably not. Sometimes I have these ideas and I think about them a little more. It probably doesn't fix anything except piss off people. So maybe it's not the greatest idea to add the two points for each and every team. It was just something I thought of. I don't know how to fix a home court advantage. I still think if the Lakers are playing at home game one, they probably wouldn't have lost. I think the Bucks probably wouldn't have lost. I think the Clippers would probably still be 1-1 tied, but maybe they'd be up 2-0. And, and they maybe should be down 2-0 if Christoph Porzingis never got ejected. But I think one thing we have to keep in mind here if the Christoph Porzingis ejection here in game two. So let's kind of go through my thoughts on that series, which has been the most interesting series. And I'll give you a little bit of my thoughts about the Lakers before moving on to the top, what I think are going to be the top 10 storylines of the football season. Chris House Porzingis got one of the weakest technical fouls I've ever seen. Literally one of the weakest. He already had one technical foul for air punching, which shouldn't have been a technical foul and then got a second technical foul for doing what any good teammate would do, and that's going in to back up Luka Doncic. 
Now, he got the second technical foul. The Mar- the Morris uh, twins, I think it was, I always get them, the names mixed up. Markeith Morris, Morris kind of pushed Luca, and KP went in and tried to, you know, to dispel the situation by pushing him. Two things here. One, if you're if you're KP, you can't be dumb enough to do that. Like you have to realize, hey, I got one more tech. I got one tech. L- let me go. Let me get uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. to go push him. Right. <laughs> like you can't risk getting a second technical foul. You know, NBA officials, especially here in the bubble, are going to be a little less lenient, a little less hardcore on giving out technical fouls. And you see the guy come in, running in and pushing him, get it to the second technical foul. And to be fair with him, I don't think he deserved the technical foul, but he should not have gotten it. He shouldn't have gotten himself in that situation. When you are the second best player on the team, you got to realize, man, it's not my time. If he had no technical fouls, go and push. You know, you're not going to get thrown out, but you have one. And the referees know that too. So for, for them to go on the screen and review it and then keep the technical foul, that means they believed in it. That means they're trying to set a tone. They're trying to set a message. And that message is don't go overboard. We're not going to deal with any shit here in the bubble. Because imagine, actually, one thing I thought would be hilarious in this bubble, imagine if you got a huge fight to break out in the bubble, and then all of a sudden these guys are in the same hotel, same area, same uh, same bubble. And now they're fighting each other. It'd be, it'd be pretty fun and entertaining. That's why I felt like they should do this like real world style and have like cameras following the guys everywhere, but they didn't do that. But the point is, KP, you can't do that. And with the Morris twins, man, by the way, twins, Morris twins, I feel like Morris twins are way more intimidating when they're both together instead of one of them. When there's one of them, it's like kind of like annoying. Oh man, here he is again, flexing his muscles and trying to make, you know, fight people. But when it's like two of them and you're like, oh damn, man, there's two twins here. I gotta be careful. Uh, these guys are badasses. Just one of those things I always like to say. Like when you put two twins together, way more intimidating than having just one. I don't know if anyone else feels that way. That's one of those things I've always felt. Like two twins are always harder than one. I like that, man. That that's gonna be my new saying here. We're even gonna write it down. Two twins are always harder than one. That's gonna be the name of this podcast today today's episodes two twins are harder than one (laughs) so that's my thought on that um as far as the los angeles lakers and uh portland trail blazers go tonight this is one of the biggest games in recent nba history I, i know that's saying a lot but there's a lot of implications here right um first of all i don't know if the lakers are aware that anthony davis is allowed to play down low um I don't know if they got the memo from the league, but so I'm just going to give them the memo right now. Hey, Lakers, guess what? You can and you should put Anthony Davis down low. I know Hassan Whiteside played really good defensively last game. I know they got Yusuf Nurkic on the Portland Trailblazers, but they're not stopping Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis takes the ball down low every single time, the Lakers can win the game. Instead, they're doing this weird thing on offense. Like they, they, they've never even played the game together before, where Anthony Davis catches the ball on outside the three point line, 
holds it and stares for five seconds before making a move. Anthony Davis needs to be more aggressive tonight. Anthony Davis needs to put the game on his shoulder as far as the scoring load and let LeBron do everything else because LeBron's going to stuff up the stat sheet. LeBron is going to play a good game, and LeBron is going to get his job done. Now it's Anthony Davis's turn to get his done. I think Anthony Davis is the key to tonight's game and a key to this series. And why I think this is one of the biggest games in NBA recent NBA history, because there's a lot on the line here, right? I don't think the Lakers can win this series if they go down 2-0. If they go down 2-0, they have to win two out of the two out of what five games? Two out of six games. Four, sorry, four out of six games. That's really hard. I know. Sorry, four out of five games they'd have to win. Right now they have to win four out of six, which is hard enough. But if the Lakers lose tonight and go down 2-0, I don't think they can win this series. Now, if they don't win this series, there's going to be a lot of implications here. And I'm rooting for the Lakers to win, so don't get me wrong. I think I'm actually rooting for the Lakers or the Bucks to win the NBA championship this year because I don't think the uh, uh, the Mavericks can do it. But the thing here is with LeBron James, if he loses in the first round and we had the uh, Lakers get the number one seed, and LeBron's going to be 36, I believe, in December. This is one of his last great opportunities. I'm not saying this is his last opportunity, last great opportunities to win an NBA championship. And really good for his and every one of the LeBron stands favorite GOAT discussions, which I said today I don't think is much of a discussion, but let's just for the purpose of this podcast speak about it for a second. If LeBron wants to make a case of being the GOAT, you got to win the championship this year. This is one of the hardest championships to ever win in the history of a game. You'll have no home court advantage. You stopped midseason. There's a worldwide pandemic going on. If LeBron James can win this championship this season and help the Lakers back to the promised land and get their first championship the the year that, unfortunately, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant died, get a championship the year that the world's on a pandemic and you're in a bubble, you might win the hardest championship. I, I, I'm i not even joking. I think this championship is worth two championships to legacy, to LeBron's legacy. He has three. <laughs> I'll count this as two and make it five. I think this is one of the hardest and most historic championships anyone will ever win. And if LeBron can do it with no home court, if LeBron can do it in a bubble, without sleeping one night in his own bed, It'll be huge. So keep that in mind while watching tonight's game. Those are my bubble thoughts. Um, JW got games that anyone can win. I love it, and I agree with that. That's what's really fun about this. I know I've been talking a lot about the home court, but anyone can win this these series, and I think it's absolutely fun. And for those listening, again, on the podcast, I keep saying JW got game. That's on Periscope, guys. I know I haven't been blasting the Periscope yet. This is something I'm doing new. And uh, trying to do this live instead of recording the podcast. So I hope you guys like it. I hope it becomes a thing. And we're going to be doing it on the That Being Said podcast with me and Sammy Jarjour every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time from 11 to 11.30. And it could go longer. It just depends if we have more to talk about. We're going to try to go between 11.30 to to 12 so sometimes it'll be 45 minutes sometimes it'll even be an hour and sometimes we might even go longer if the conversation gets crazy so enjoy that all right 
Last bit of conversation today. I do want to talk about the uh, top 10 stories in the uh, NFL in football season. And I'm going to actually, so what I'm going to do here is talk more about these stories like as they approach and talk more about each one of them a little bit more in detail as the NFL season gets closer. Before now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about, you know, what I think are going to be the top 10 stories so far. Um, what I think are, are the top 10 stories so far going into the NFL season. And then from there, we will, uh, you know, talk about them more in depth later on. So here we go. Top 10 football stories heading into the season. Number one, coronavirus, obviously. I mean, coronavirus is the biggest story heading into the football season. I mean, how simple can this be? Are we going to finish a football season? Are we going to have a football season? Is the Big Ten really canceled? Is the Pac-12 really canceled? Is the SEC, Big 12, and ACC really going to play? How is the NFL going to play? Is there going to be fans? Like everything around coronavirus. I know hard knocks talked about coronavirus till the death of it. But man, it is really fascinating. How are teams going to deal with outbreaks? Because you know a team's going to have an outbreak. How about if a star quarterback gets an outbreak? How about Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers? Any of those guys get the coronavirus. Is the NFL going to shut down? I have no idea. Absolutely fascinating. Big 10, Pac-12 versus the SEC, ACC, and Big 12. I don't know what's going to happen here. The Big 10 and Pac-12 has already announced that they're going to cancel the season. The SEC, ACC, Big 12 say they're going to play the season. And now we have a staring contest. I think all of them, the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 will begin their season, or at least the Big 12 will since they start first, and we'll see from there. Now, my only concern with that, I know athletes are young and healthy, and they're the least at-risk group of people out of anyone for the coronavirus. But here's my issue with it in general. My biggest issue with the coronavirus is for offensive linemen who are 310, 320, 330 pounds. We've already seen if you are overweight that the coronavirus could affect you a little bit differently than if you're lean and in shape. But we've seen in the NBA players, they've had we've had a few coronavirus cases, everyone's fine. I'm really concerned if we get an 18-year-old college kid out of the University of Indiana who they're not playing this year. Uh, I don't know. Mississippi State, who's 320 pounds and ends up uh, getting coronavirus. I, I really think it's going to be a big problem. So that's all in one. Coronavirus, Big Ten, Pac-12, SEC, ACC, Big 12. The biggest storyline to me out of a college football season is in the SEC. I'm really excited to see Old Miss in Mississippi State. Um, the state of Mississippi, which should be one of the, which is one of the most passionate fan bases of college football, have two of the most fascinating new head coaches in college football, and Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. Uh, the Egg Bowl is going to be absolutely fascinating. These two guys are both outspoken, fun, and I think it's going to be a lot of fireworks and a lot of great discussion here. Uh, Lane Kiffin is getting another big-time job. I think this time he's going to really thrive in it. I think Old Miss is the perfect place for Lane Kiffin. And Mike Leach, Mississippi State, feels a lot like Washington State. It's kind of the second biggest school in the um in the state of Mississippi, just like it was Washington state's the second biggest school in the state of Washington. And it feels like big brother, little brother programs, and they're going to be 
absolutely fun and fascinating to watch the rivalry go there. Third biggest story, Tom Brady on the Buccaneers. I don't have to explain this one much, do I? Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, maybe the greatest team athlete of all time, is switching teams. This is huge. (laughs) I mean, we're going to see Tommy in Tampa, Tampa Bay, as they're calling it. I don't know what's going to happen. They have so many weapons that he should thrive. But at the same time, I was when you think about Tom Brady in Tampa, the big problem here is that there's going to be no preseason. Offensive linemen aren't going to be able to practice much together. So is the offensive line going to be ready to protect Tom? I don't know. It's but it's just going to be fascinating. Their defense, they have Todd Bowles on this as the defensive coordinator. So in general, I think they should be thriving to be a really, really good team this upcoming season. But they could be not as well. All right. So the next biggest one is Cam Newton on the Patriots. I know they're saying there's a QB controversy there. I don't think there's much of a controversy. I know they might play a platoon, um, Bill Belichick said. And I could see that. I mean, it's a very complex offense. And unfortunately, Cam Newton doesn't get much time with it because of a coronavirus. Once again, everything is like coronavirus based here. And uh, I just am fascinated to see what Cam Newton does on the Patriots. I think if he's really good, the Patriots can win the division again. If he's not good, the, the Patriots will be looking for a new QB next year. Could they be tanking for Trevor Lawrence? Who knows? But ha- I mean, I think they already have five or six players who have opted out for coronavirus and they're all contributors on the team. So Cam Newton and the Patriots are going to be absolutely fascinating. Number five, Lamar Jackson. Can he get over the hump this year? Back-to-back years, Lamar Jackson has lost in his first playoff game. He's now 0-2 in the playoffs in his career and hasn't put up the numbers that he usually puts up in his career in the playoffs. I think he gets over the hump this year. The the Baltimore Ravens are my pick to come out of the AFC and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl against either the Seahawks or the Patriots. Pat Mahomes repeat is number six. Can Pat Mahomes just got the biggest contract in history of the NFL, put up the same numbers. Can he put bring the team back to the Super Bowl? Pat Mahomes is not expected to win one Super Bowl in Kansas City. Pat Mahomes is expected to win multiple Super Bowls in Kansas City. So I wonder what he's going to look like. I'm really excited for that. Dak Prescott is playing for a new contract. Um, He's been franchise tagged. He's unhappy about that. He's playing for the Dallas Cowboys, the biggest brand in all of sports. This is going to be a really big deal for them. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, man. They drafted a quarterback. How pissed is he? Is he going to be upset? How does he play? And is the Jordan Love era closer than we think? Second-year quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Drew Locke, I think are both going to pop this year. That's going to be really fun to watch. I think Drew Locke um, helps the Broncos compete for a playoff spot, and I, I think as a wild card, and I think Kyler Murray. All four teams in the NFC West could make the playoffs. That's how good the NFC West is, and I think Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals are the team to watch out for in the NFC while the Denver Broncos and Drew Locke are the team to watch out for in the AFC. And, of course, rookie quarterbacks. How does Joe Burrow look? How does um, Tua Tagovailoa look? And does Justin Herbert get any playing time this year, or do they go with um, – God, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, the former Buffalo Bills quarterback uh, who I've never really been a big fan of. So I, Virginia Tech, I know like everything about him. I'm just blanking on the name right now. Also was a Cleveland Browns quarterback for a while too. 
That's funny, man. Sometimes you just forget names. If you can't remember the quarterback's name just because you're blanking for a second, that means the quarterback probably is going to get benched pretty quickly into the season. All right. So that's today's podcast. As I said, 30 minutes. Thank you so much for listening. That's the Just Talk pod with George Urgeur. Once again, the 10 biggest. I just want to recap that one more time. The 10 biggest storylines in the NFL this coming year. The 10 biggest storylines are one coronavirus how's it affect the sport in the big 10 and the pac 12 and the sec acc big 12 against each other in the nfl obviously in college football the mississippi state coaches leach kiffin gonna be really fun to watch tom brady on tampa bay cam newton on the new england patriots lamar jackson can he get over the hump Patrick Mahomes, can the Chiefs repeat? Dak Prescott, he's playing for a new contract. How does he play? Aaron Rodgers is the, is the uh, Jordan Love era a little closer than we expect. Second-year quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Drew Locke, going to both pop this year, and both the Cardinals and Broncos are going to be competing for a playoff spot, and I'm really interested to see how all the rookie quarterbacks do. And, of course, as a Seahawks fan, I'm excited to see how the Seahawks play, but that's not one of the 10 most fascinating storylines of the year. Thank you for listening again. This is the Just Talk Pod with George Azure, part of the Sports on Tap network. Visit thesportsontap.com. We're releasing a lot of fun things coming up here shortly. And listen and subscribe to the That Being Said podcast with George and Sammy Azure. This has been Sports on Tap, and this has been Sports Radio Redefined. Oh, thank you.